Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined as always by the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, it is Wednesday, and that means turn the page day. And coming up Monday night football at Lambeau Field next week is the Packers hosting the San Francisco 49ers. So let's break down the San Francisco team a little bit. I know when the schedule came out in April, I was really looking forward to this game because I thought it would be Aaron Rodgers against Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, that is not the case. Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season with a knee injury, unfortunately. And C.J. Beathard, the former Iowa quarterback, has stepped in. What are your impressions at this point as far as uh, Beathard running that offense? I mean, he can throw the ball. I think that's the one thing he's really shown in three games, two starts this season last week, and that loss to Arizona, 349 yards through the air. Uh, he, I, I actually, to be honest with you, Mike, um, I thought he did some good things for them last season. I, ultimately, especially after Garoppolo had been in the scheme for a little bit, you're like, it, it needs to be Garoppolo. You need to see what you have here be- before he becomes a free agent. Right. But I actually thought it went okay. Six foot two, 215 pounds. I mean, he's not the biggest quarterback you've ever seen. Not the most uh, elusive in terms of you know what he can do uh, outside the pocket. But that being said... I mean, he has a live arm, and he can move the offense. And when you're dealing with a backup quarterback, I think those are ultimately the intangibles you're looking for because, really, there's a reason why those type of guys are not starters. So mm-hmm. um, he knows Shanahan and the scheme that he runs. He's familiar with it, and they, they're rolling with him right now. A quarterback, the big thing is going to be that backfield and, and if they're going to have Breida available or not. Yeah, the the uh, I was going to say rookie. He's actually not a rookie. Yeah. Second-year Running back Matt Breida, uh, Georgia Southern, I believe, where he came from, undrafted player. Really uh, lively, dynamic-looking running back, but sprained his ankle against Arizona last week. And the initial reports are the ankle sprain is not as bad maybe as they initially feared it would be, but his status for Monday night's game at Lambeau Field very much in question if he can't go, it looks like it would be Alfred Morris, the veteran who formerly of Washington, of Dallas, and I'm probably missing some other. Yeah, you're missing a big one, Mike. Florida Atlantic. Oh, okay. I could do a whole show on Alfred Morris okay. if you want. I knew right. everything about him, followed him every single game he played at Florida Atlantic, uh, what ended up being, I believe, Howard Schellenberger's last season there. Oh, And it was a one-win season. We I don't forgot, talk much about that. I forgot about that. But here's the thing, and, and all kidding aside, Alfred Morris is a guy that I remember the first week of August being like, how is this guy still a free agent? And I get Dallas, and there's certainly kind of a stigma attached to those running backs. Well, how much is it the running back? How much is it the offensive line? Sure. At least that's how it's been historically. I thought he was really effective last year with all the issues that they had and, and certainly the suspension and, and you know all the off-the-field stuff trying to swirling around with Zeke Elliott. He, he stepped in and did his job, and I when they lost – um, I believe it was Jarek McKinnon, right, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, McKinnon was kind of their big free agent signing coming from Minnesota. Huge. He, he was He was the running back, receiver out of the backfield, all that that they wanted in the Shanahan offense, and then they lost him in the preseason. He goes down, and they go and sign Alfred Morris. I thought that was a really smart signing for him. It's a good veteran that they can build that running back tandem off of. He's actually their leading rusher right now at 62 attempts. Now, doesn't have the explosiveness that Breida has, but is still a really – down and distance type of guy that can help you move the chains. So they have weapons there. For me personally, I think in 2018, their biggest weapon is George Kittle. 
uh, a good, solid tight end that I think people are finally starting to catch up with and understand that this guy not only was a, a guy that came on late last season with Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's had a rapport there with Beathard, too. Mm-hmm. So um, don't take the 49ers lightly. I know they lost to Arizona, and, and it certainly raises some red flags there because of you know the slow start that the, the Cardinals have been off to, but they have tools to be able to move the football in this offense. Yeah, I've watched highlights of a few of their games this season against Minnesota, against Detroit, and then this past week against Arizona. And if there's one thing that has stood out about their offense, it's been that tight end, George yeah. Kittle. Now, the interesting thing, he he's not only a downfield threat, but he'll he'll take screen passes as well. Bethard, Bethard, particularly against Arizona, the screen pass for him was really effective, throwing to the fullbacks right. and to the tight ends on screens, and Kittle and Beathard were a pass-throwing-catching combination at Iowa together. They've played together a ton, so that's something that becomes... He's not only a threat for Beathard in this offense, but a security blanket type of guy, too, for a backup quarterback. Now, the biggest problem with Beathard has been the turnovers. He's had ball security problems in the pocket. He's thrown some interceptions. If Shanahan can get him to clean things up in the turnover department, I think this offense starts to function a little bit more smoothly. But that being said, this Packers defense is looking for some turnovers. They've got to take advantage if Beathard gives them some opportunities Monday night. Yeah, you look at him right now, 91 attempts. He has four interceptions. He also had two lost fumbles last week and three total fumbles on the season. That pairs with last season when in in five starts he had six uh, interceptions and two fumbles lost. So protecting the football is paramount. We talked about it on yesterday's show with Mike McCarthy and, yep. and the emphasis they're placing on it. The interesting thing is, though, going back to his connection with Kittle, Kittle was sort of a late riser uh, at Iowa. I mean, I don't think people really caught on to him. He ended up being a fifth-round pick. I don't even think people from Wisconsin realize that this kid was actually born in Madison. <laughs> Spent most of his life, I believe, in Iowa, but actually was born in Madison, six foot four, 247 pounds. He has everything you look for. So as far as Beathard getting back comfortable in the offense, that's been his security blanket. He also has Pierre Garçon. The Packers are familiar with him and, and what he brings to the table. Certainly. So, yeah, he can move the football, but ultimately this the, I think the big thing for the Packers in this contest is going to be trying to take it away and get those momentum-changing plays. Well, the 49ers, with or without Garoppolo, they've had their share of games this year where they've put up some points, but... They've also given up a ton of points. Now, it's interesting, Wes, because from a yardage standpoint, their defensive rankings are not all that bad. They're kind of middle of the road. But as far as points allowed, I believe every opponent has scored at least 24 points, and and four of their five opponents have scored 27 or more. So they've had a problem keeping teams off the board. And I know I think they've had some of the turnovers they've had offensively have led to either immediate scores or short fields and those kinds of things that, that all teams deal with. But um, they did get Richard Sherman back at corner from his injury. He was back on the field against Arizona. And uh, I tell you what, by all accounts, Richard Sherman has come back from that Achilles injury that many people last year thought that might be the end of Richard Sherman, right. and uh, he's come back and proven to be a pretty darn effective cornerback at age 30. And he's needed to be uh, for the San Francisco secondary, for the San Francisco defense. I mean, the, the one reality is, and it's inescapable, this isn't the Vic Fangio 
uh, 49ers defense from six, five, six years ago. Right. Uh, they they don't have that kind of veteran sort of tilt to it. They don't have the the linebackers that they had at that time or uh, the pass rushers that they had. So they've had to kind of stitch things together. 49ers only have one interception this year, and I think when you look at the the, t- the giveaways that they've had, that's where it's hurting them in terms yeah. of the takeaway margin. But Richard Sherman is still one of the best sh- shutdown corners in this league. You have to be mindful of where he's at. Certainly him and Aaron Rodgers have had some really good battles over the year over the years and, and seeing exactly how they use him in this matchup with a really young secondary overall is going to be one of the big telltale signs of who comes up victorious. Yeah, one thing I haven't had a chance to really zone in on with regards to Sherman because he did miss some time already this year with an injury, is he still playing one side of the field like he did in Seattle or is he flopping back? Do you have any sense of, of how they're employing him? No, I don't. And okay. I think that goes along with, uh, you know, my guess would be, and this is just pure speculation, people watching this are probably like, I mean, you got to be kidding me, but I would probably still think his home is going to be on the left side. And I don't know at age 30, and maybe he still can be that shutdown type corner that that you know you could potentially move around. It seems like Seattle did a little bit more of that towards the end, or maybe out of necessity. But yeah, later later on. But when but when, I remember, that, when yeah. that Legion of Boom was in was in its heyday, he was he was lined up on that left side, and that was that was his spot. And you remember the I think it was what it was at the beginning of the 14th season where the Packers yeah the just, opener they parked Jordy Nelson on one side, they had Richard Sherman on the other, and it was kind of who was going to blink first. The, the Seahawks just ended up basically taking away that side of the field with Jared Boykin and you know, obviously ultimately came out on the winning side of it. So, uh, yeah, he, he still is a guy that you're going to have to be mindful of. Personally, I'd love to see him get some snaps against Devontae Adams. I think that would be a fun matchup yeah, with definitely. Adams sort of coming on in his career uh, and seeing exactly what happens with Sherman now at age 30, as you said. But the biggest thing for this defense now, Mike, is going to be seeing exactly what they can offer in terms of the takeaway numbers. I was trying to look it up quickly and not having a lot of success with it at this time being in terms of what they've looked like in, in with their takeaways. But uh, overall, I think ultimately that's what this thing comes down to is who's going to take away the football, who's going to move the football, and win that field position battle. Yeah, well, certainly not, uh, not the stakes that uh, people expected maybe in this game when it first came out on the schedule, but it is worth remembering a mid-October Monday night game back in 1996, <laughs> Packers 49ers at Lambeau Field. I still remember watching it on TV at the time. Chris Jackie ends up winning the game for the Packers with a 53-yard, I believe it was 53-yard field goal in overtime to pull out a huge Monday night win for Green Bay. Obviously, in 96, they were uh, on their way to a Super Bowl championship that year. Some folks thought if this was going to be Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo on Monday night in mid-October, you know, I'm not sure how much we'll we'll see the old highlights from that uh, from that '96 game. But it's an important game for the Packers. Wes, two two and one. You got the bye week coming up after that. You absolutely do not want to be below 500 at the bye week with having no. four road games in five weeks coming up after the bye. Packers have to get this one, get on the plus side of 500 as far as the win-loss column goes, and uh, go from there. They do. I mean, it's huge. I mean, this is a critical game because not only is it important to win your home games, we talk about that until we're blue in the face, Right. but it's the bye week. So, I mean, you're going to have a lot of time to think about it, and you need to have some momentum going into that game against the Rams. You just do. That's just the reality of this league, and a team like that, uh, what you could potentially do to kind of even leapfrog yourself into those situations. Getting back to the point I was trying to make earlier, and I was, I was trying to find the regular season standings, 
49ers are dead last right now in turnover margin, minus eight on the season. Uh, so, yeah, trying to find a way to take advantage of that because they have moved the football. They, they're 15th in total offense. They're 11th in total defense. They're 7th against the run. They've done good things this year, but as we saw last weekend against Detroit, you can have twice as many offensive yards as the other team, but if you don't take care of the football and you put them in advantageous situations, that's going to be what changes the tide of the entire football game. That is the ultimate thing that you're trying to go for. And, yeah, if they've been putting the ball on the ground, if they've been exposing the football, the Packers' defense has to take advantage of it. It's imperative. Yeah, this this Packers' team needs to get – that uh, turnover margin flipped the other way. And it's on both sides of the ball. It's about the offense protecting it better, special teams for that matter protecting it better after the the incident with uh, with the punt in Detroit, and uh, the defense getting some more takeaways. We've yeah. seen HaHa Clinton-Dix obviously has three interceptions, but you're always waiting for that moment when the turnovers start to come in bunches because yeah. that's usually the way it happens in this league. And the Packers haven't hit one of those stretches defensively yet. And, uh, you know, they're going to need, let's face it, Wes, I mean, with the schedule coming up after the bye, the road games, the opponents that are in those road games, the Packers are going to need to start winning the turnover battle consistently in order to be able to win these games because because quite frankly the some of the expectations on the outside are going to be that the Packers are underdogs in some of these road right. contests. And I'm going to ask you this question Mike if I would have told you going into week six that the Packers are 10th in total offense they're fourth in total defense and second against the pass you would think that that has them in the division lead right where they want to be in the driver's seat because it shows you that defensively you've been able to have some stops and offensively you're moving the ball. Right. But the thing is they're tied for 23rd right now with minus two in the turnover margin. So, again, I think this really does come back. This is the perfect week for Mike McCarthy to stress the fundamentals because it comes back to who's going to make less mistakes, and you have to be able to, to take advantage of that. And you're back at Lambeau Field. The Packers, other than maybe, what, the last – 15 minutes of that game against the Vikings, the first 20 of that, you know, you know, 30 minutes against Chicago, they've had really dominant stretches at home yep. against opposition. So 49ers are coming in here reeling. They lost to potentially the worst team in the league. If you look at the NFL power rankings, if you will, Packers need to take advantage of this. Yeah, well, as we as we move ahead here during the week, uh, the Packers, because of the Monday night game, they've shifted their on-field preparation schedule. Normally, the three practices during the week are Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. That's been shifted to Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, if I get my days all straight here. Um, but what that means for us in terms of information is that when it comes to Jair Alexander, Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison, these players who have been on the injury report and, and missing some time, we won't really know until very late in the week just what the status is because of everything with the preparation being pushed back. It's a good thing the Packers have an extra day here yeah. maybe to get some of these guys back. Aaron Rodgers, he took that that uh, kind of ugly tackle on that scramble early in the first quarter against Detroit. Didn't look good. He came out of it okay, but he did say, you know, he's probably going to have to continue to wear that knee brace, uh, you know, not going to be able to shake that. So an extra day here can certainly help the Packers, and then you have the bye week afterward. But we'll find out as this week wraps up later on, just uh, just where the Packers are with their injury situation. Yeah, there's a lot to figure out. Um, the, the biggest thing I took away from Mike McCarthy's, uh, ab, you know, at the beginning of the week um, was him mentioning that Jair Alexander uh, probably does have a good chance to play in this game. It appears like Kevin King uh, came out okay from the chin injury. There was no 
uh, you know, setback with the groin. It just strictly was him getting stepped on with his oh. face, which is just devastating. I know you've had some pretty gnarly baseball injuries in the past. I haven't had in a situation where someone stepped on me with a cleat before, let alone my face. So can only imagine how that felt. But Packers, in that regard, are getting healthier. The big question is going to be where they are, they're at with their receiving court. Can Randall Cobb potentially be back? Right. Where's Geronimo Allison, the concussion protocol? They saw what their young receivers can do, but the Packers, I mean, where, where they want to go with this offense is those veterans that have been working with Aaron Rodgers here for the last three, four, five, six seasons. Yeah, all right. Well, real, real quickly, Wes, before we go, some sponsor business here. At Homer, here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. It's meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. With that, I think we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.